Welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bieland, and as an HSP psychotherapist and founder of Sensitive Empowerment, I'm excited to share this podcast with you. My mission is to teach you how to balance and honor your sensitive nervous system, understand your incredible value, love who you are, and empower you to flourish in your full potential. I love featuring highly sensitive people worldwide to bring unique perspectives that shed light on what it's like to experience life as an HSP. By exploring high sensitivity from different angles, I hope to create a sense of normalization and validation that supports your journey. To further your understanding of high sensitivity, I invite you to explore all our episodes and discover tools in my online courses to help HSPs overcome the challenges of living in a world not set up for our levels of sensitivity. That way you can fully embrace the many gifts that come with this trait. For more information, visit sensitiveconnection.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome, everyone. I am Catherine Donovan Kane. Thank you for being here today. It's a delight to be with all of you. And thank you to those who will view this as a recording later. We are all here for each other, so everyone's presence is important. We're recording live today in the sensitive empowerment community, which I have experienced as a positive online alternative for sensitive people. And I encourage anyone who hasn't already to learn more about who we are and to join us at sensitivecommunity.com. The work I do to serve the larger HSP community is inner wisdom, wayfinding, and dream work. I'm a deep listener, and I help to create a safe, calm space where highly sensitive people can explore the challenges as well as the gifts of who we are. The topic for today is dream circles. What are they? and how to create a framework for a non-therapeutic safe setting. I will give a short introduction and then I'll share my screen to show a document so you can follow along more easily. And I will address um, any questions there are at the end of the presentation. We know from our lives that some stories, the personal ones and those that are inherited are held inside. They are a part of us. They want to be recognized and shared. We know too that there are those memories in our bodies that poke at us, right? To pay attention through aches and pains, our intuitive, uh, goosebumps and uh, gut feelings. And then there's our dreaming. This includes night dreams, also waking visions and other types of envisioning. They are all ways of encountering the imaginal. I believe that dreams are stories emerging from our inner wisdom or um, our essential self, 
and it's beckoning for us to listen. These dreams and visions speak to us in a language of symbols and metaphors, uh, archetypes, shapes, colors, uh, sounds, um, emotions or feelings. Our deep inner realm is the place where synchronicities emerge. It holds uh, experiences of our psyche, of our creative desires and our insights. It all reaches out to our waking visions or our night dreams and presents itself in images. And like our conscious stories, these deeper stories want to be heard too. Dreaming then is one way to become intimate with the inner wisdom of ourselves. And that's selves with a capital S, the sacred, if you will, or our core being. Again, it's a way to interact with the deeper part of us that is pushing its way out. There are a number of ways to unearth messages from our inner landscape. You can do individual self-discovery, one-to-one sessions with a dream companion or with a therapist. And there's another way, and that's dream circles. So how do dream circles work? I'll share my screen now. There we go. First, I want to say that uh, this method, this is a blended method of dream work that I developed, which was influenced by teachers I've had through the years. And some of them um, are, for instance, Sharon Blackie. She is a, a Celtic mythologist and psychologist, and she has a method called dream weaving. The Hayden Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, that's where Jeremy Taylor had a a good influence on that program. And Stephen Eisenstadt and his dream tending program, all of these methodologies are based on work of depth psychologists such as Carl Jung, um, James Hillman, Marion Woodman and others. And also I want to recognize that there are other methodologies out there as well that their primary focus may be on dream incubation only or lucid dreaming. An important point I want to emphasize here is that this is non-therapeutic approach. You, You may still experience a healing or an unexpected aha moment And many of the dream participants that I work with are deeply appreciative of each other uh, for the circle's insights to their dream, as well as the safety that is developed um, in the circle. Yet this isn't therapy. As you may know, some therapists use dreams for interpretation and their purposes diagnosis. This method we'll see today helps dreamers live with greater awareness 
What I propose here is a way to engage with family and friends. So starting with the agreements, one of the most important points uh, is confidentiality. Um, this means that we're, we can't retell the dream or the reflections shared in the circle, no matter how wonderful they were for us and meaningful without the dreamer's permission. Because building trust means knowing that you can share and it will remain private. And curiosity, I, I, re, I recommend when we get to the um, part that we ask for clarifying questions that you can begin your sentences with, I'm curious about, or I wonder about. So curiosity in dream work is really key. And fixing. HSPs sometimes have a need to fix, right? We, we love to help people feel better. That's what we do. In dream circles, we HSPs can relax and know that fixing isn't necessary. The dreamer's experience is the dreamer's experience, and we don't need to change that. It's actually a relief uh, for us to be in this kind of circle. And again, this is not therapy. It's an opportunity to open ourselves to deeper understanding. And there's always a group host. This group host uh, can be the same one throughout the uh, series of six sessions or eight sessions, however you form the circle, or you can rotate. But the dream host watches the time. And they help keep the conversation flowing by going through uh, the different sections of dream work. And um, they also help to gently course correct if anyone begins to sound like they are interpreting. So some of the basic frameworks um, can vary in dream circles. Uh, as I mentioned though, we all, there is always a dream host of some kind. Um, always someone leading the group. Uh, some groups meet every week uh, or every two or three weeks. The groups that I run meet every three weeks because many of the women, and I uh, have dream circles with mostly women, um, meet be every three weeks because they, um, they're having a hard time remembering their dreams. It's been a long time since they've written dreams down. They feel like I'm going through menopause now and I used to remember dreams and now I don't. Uh, so there's all kinds of reasons why uh, the people in my dream circles need that time to really focus in. Uh, the, the groups that I do are an hour and a half and we work with one dream, but there are some groups that meet for two hours and that usually means that they're working with two dreams per session. Five or six people in a group um, is a general uh, good range of a number of people. Um, it, too many more, it helps it become a little bit crowded in the, in the circle, but too many less uh, if, if someone can't make it, um, it still allows you to have a nice size group to work uh, a dream. And of course, there's always an opening and closing of the circle. 
So for an opening of the circle, I uh, like uh, lighting a candle. And you can see that behind me. Many of the groups that I do are on Zoom because the women that come to my circles are from many different time zones. So I light a candle behind me and have a little bit of an altar. This way they can focus in and center and recenter as the, the circle timeframe uh, unfolds. And it's also a reminder that there is another energy in the room besides us. Um, you could have incense. And of course, in my case, I'm the only one who can see that and uh, benefit from its aroma. What I uh, love to do is deep breathe. So this allows all of these people who are coming into the circle uh, either it's early morning, midday, or it, it uh, could be seven or eight o'clock their time at night. It helps everyone to center in, get their body relaxed and focus and collect themselves. And also reading a poem. I love beginning dream circles this way because uh, like, like dreams, the uh, Poetic language and dream language are very similar. There's this very imaginal um, language, and it helps us when we're hearing a poem to, as we're deep breathing, enter into this imaginal space. It helps us get ready to be open and listen to the dream. The dreamer uh, offers a, a title or a theme. Um, and they tell the dream to us this first time in first person and present tense. It, it helps everyone, uh, the dreamer and the listeners alike, to experience the dream as if it's happening now. It helps us to stay in that imaginal space that I was talking about if we're hearing it in first person. So the first telling of the dream, sometimes what the dreamer will do is give us a few brief associations to what's going on in their life, or I had this dream last week or last year. Um, in a dream circle, I don't uh, enter too deeply into associations right away. I gently suggest that the dreamer waits to the end of the process of the dream process uh, to share their experiences of the dream with us. Um, if you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone, this may differ so you could spend more time in associations. So to get ready then, I remind everyone to keep deep breathing, to close your eyes if you're comfortable with that or lower your gaze and just listen to the dream. I suggest to the group to tap into what's happening in their own body as they're hearing the dream. So once the dreamer does that and tells us the dream, we move quickly into the second telling. But before they go any further, I remind the dreamer to um, speak clearly, slowly uh, take pauses because now what's happening is that the, the circle participants are taking notes. 
And it's not necessary to take notes verbatim. You don't have to take down the whole dream. Instead, uh, what is speaking to you? Uh, what images are stepping forward? Um, what in the dream is drawing your attention? These are the kinds of things that you can write down as the listener. So once this is done and the dreamer tells us the dream again, and we've taken all of our notes, now we can begin uh, to do clarifying questions. And here as the host, it's important, um, I, I, I keep track of making sure everyone is staying within the dream that was told. So you're asking clarifying questions about what you think you heard and getting a picture, a better picture of what the dream offered. For instance, um, the dreamer may have said at the beginning of the dream that um, it's taking place outside. So you may ask them, are you able to describe this outside more fully? Um, if they saw it, they may not have seen, uh, they may have just sensed that they were outside, but they don't have a picture and that's fine. But we can ask, is there, is there more description? And if not, then fine. Are there any colors? Uh, were there any shapes or feelings for you that came up as, as you were experiencing this dream? And again, if not great, but uh, we can ask those kinds of clarifying questions. And all the while, the host is keeping track of the time because this part of the dream process can take a long time. Um, we we want to ask a lot of questions, um, but it's to gently segue us into the third telling of the dream. So, so far we've spent a lot of time in our heads, right? It, but it seemed necessary to do this in order to get the context of the dream. But now what we wanna do is listen to our bodies again. So I recommend that the group just take a minute, sit back, take a deep breath. And, um, and this includes the dreamer. Uh, I asked the dreamer to re take some relaxing breaths, close their eyes if they're comfortable, or just focus their gaze and re-enter the dreamscape. I asked them, go back to the beginning of the dream and look around. Look to your left, look to your right, and all this while they're focusing or their eyes are closed, Look up, look down to where their feet are or where the ground is and, and see, are there any colors or images or dream animals, for instance, that are clearer now or that are uh, you're just noticing? Um, and when they're ready, I ask the dreamer to tell us the dream again, but this time not reading their notes, this time from that expanded memory that they just re-entered into the dreamscape. And when they do that, it, in my experience, it um, there's always this larger view beyond the written words in their dream journal that come alive. So it's kind of fun to see that. 
And at this point, I ask the dreamer to go off camera, but to stay within the circle, because this time it's their moment to listen. Um, they can take notes freely off camera as the group reflects and projects um, what images were important to them or what sensations arose, um, maybe what themes were evident for the listeners as they heard the dream. I ask everyone, though, to focus in on one or two areas in the dream versus repeating the entire dream for us in their own words. Again, these reflections are not a subtle way of interpreting the dream. Instead, it's a time for us now as participants, as we've been listening and asking questions, now it's a time um, to reflect on what the dream brought forward for us. And we're, as that evolves and gets closer to uh, being finished now, we're at getting closer to the end of the circle, right? So I ask everyone before we close the circle to think about how the gift of the dream or the poem that was read or both of them, how it affected them. What, what is their takeaway? What is a word or a phrase or any thoughts that they will bring back with them to their waking lives? Um, if there's time too, the group can stay within the circle to work with a single image that came up uh, that spoke to them. Um, these exercises are really wonderful. It helps give the image a voice to hear if there's a deeper message that wants to come through. But finally, when we're done, the dreamer is thanked and the circle is closed. So you may have noticed that in this dream process, we were moving from our head, all that rational thinking um, into our heart space, into our bodies. First, we were mentally engaged and then we're focusing on the whole body and how um, as a listener, as well as the dreamer, how they're re um, re-entering their dreamscape, how their whole body is experiencing this dream telling. And then engaging the image and allowing um, the image to have a message for us versus us inserting a meaning into what we think the image means. This is not unlike um, Young Carl Jung's active imagination exercise, if you're familiar with that. So before we end, I have some end notes. Um, I, I want to say then that this is a fluid process. I know this handout uh, is a structure and you have this three-part uh, flow of, of what's happening in the dream work, but it's really a suggested structure, right? So uh, some groups want to spend more time clarifying questions, and some groups want to spend more time in the projection of what they're coming up for them, and, and also the conversation of the circle after, how 
this has really affected them, this whole dream process and this gift of the dream that was shared. And, and it's also um, for family and friends. Um, this is not, uh, this, this handout I've given you and this process I'm suggesting is not a substitute for learning more about the dream process. I, I want to honor those who have spent years of studying behind them uh, of, of dream work and, and other things that, that they're bringing to their dream work. So let me um, come back to the circle and stop share and say thank you uh, for all of you for being here today. Um, if you're interested in experiencing how dream circles work, I offer one-time complimentary practice sessions, and you can contact me about those ongoing classes on my website. My website is kdkane.com, kdkane.com, or you can find me on the Sensitive Empowerment Community Directory at sensitivecommunity.com. And I hope to see you there. So again, I appreciate this opportunity to share my passion with you today. Thank you everyone. And I hope you well where you are and bye for now. enjoyed this episode and that you'll share it with others so we can help HSPs all over the world know their value. Also, there are so many more resources I invite you to explore that have been created for highly sensitive people to help you reduce the challenges and help you access your fullest potential. Join us for our next live episode in the sensitive empowerment community. It's a special place to connect to me and other HSPs dedicated to growth and empowerment. Visit juliebiellen.com or sensitiveconnection.com to explore all these resources and join us. And please take care of your beautiful, sensitive self.